0: It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports
1: Las Vegas. And here we go, welcome to Nighttime at Noon, I'm Brian McCormick, he's Darren Elliott, Dakota Miller is spinning the ones and twos, and George Lopez on the other side of the glass as we talk VGK hockey, and well, we'll discuss a lot, we'll discuss game five last night where the Montreal Canadiens took a three games to two series lead with a 4-1 win at T-Mobile Arena, get you set up for game six, which is right around the corner tomorrow night. Uh, Plenty to talk about there, but we'll also have later in the show Dave Gosher, who is on the call for the national broadcast for the Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning. Their series heading to Game 6 tonight with the Islanders up against the ropes. We'll see what uh, Dave Gosher thinks about that series in tonight's contest. Uh, So lots to cover, and of course we also always welcome your questions. Use the hashtag NighttimeAtNoon on Twitter, and Dakota Miller will be happy to funnel those questions our way. Uh, Darren, last night the Montreal Canadiens did what they've done a lot in this series, which is score first and, and really... Choke the
0: rest of the game away, and they, they came out with probably their best performance in Game 5. They were impressive, um, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, low event first period. Uh, quieted a, a, a rabid crowd, ready to to cheer, and there was not much to cheer about. So as, as the visiting team uh, locked in a 2-2 playoff series, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah,
1: and You know what's so fascinating now is that I think we've finally reached a point, I shouldn't say finally, I've finally reached a point now where we've seen enough of Montreal in this series where uh, it's fair to say that maybe they caught some people off guard, not the Vegas Golden Knights off guard, but all of us from a national conversation, I suppose, where the first round they come back and beat Toronto and we talked most of the conversation focusing on the collapse of Toronto. Right. They beat Winnipeg, and most of our conversation focuses on the Shifley suspension. This is our purest storyline of Montreal Canadiens hockey, and maybe it's caught people by surprise just how good they are defensively the way that they're playing right now.
0: They, they caught me off. Uh, we didn't watch them that much, let's yeah. be honest. And we watch a lot of hockey, more more than most. It, you know, So so you saw them. Okay, Carey Price comes back, and Shea Weber comes back, and they fired their coach, Claude Julien. Uh, they, they put in... Uh, Back to Ducharme, and Ducharme does whatever they didn't doesn't click right away. Mm-hmm. It, it, oh, they made the playoffs. Good for them. Somebody was going to, um, you know, <laughs> that's kind of where it was, right? <laughs> right. It, uh, Vancouver. All these. All these. St- okay, th- they make it. And and, and a, a team with young
1: prospects where the the thought of them all year was kind of like, hey, whatever growth they get this year, good on them. It's
0: exactly. <laughs> and you know those guys didn't even. St- no, Cole Caulfield's not even in the starting lineup. Uh, got Kanyemi can't stay in the lineup. Yep. Um, yet they both scored. In Game Five, so uh, and then they, you know they went out and got some veterans. They had veterans, like we said, Shea Weber and uh, uh, Petrie, uh, Jeff Petrie on de- on defense. Yeah. Corey uh, Perry,
1: uh, Eric Stoll.
0: Yeah, so they picked those guys up, like they're just found money for them, yeah, right. And, and so, <laughs> so it's a, like you don't. I don't know if they knew what they had. So I, I I can't blame anybody for for not understanding what this team was all about. But then you start looking at okay, Yoel Armina. Oh yeah, he's he's a tough guy to play against. Uh, yeah. Gallagher, yeah, oh yeah, Byron. Those are like they have those rat potential, right? They, they get under your skin, they're always in your face. Um and and
1: a couple of guys in Vegas Golden Knight fans can relate to this. A couple of guys on their roster who are playing better as Montreal Canadiens than they ever did anywhere else. And I think Joel Armia is a great example yeah. of that, who's really come into his own and that's why Marc uh, Bergevin was in the running for uh the uh GM of the year right. uh conversation. Uh, on the flip side, you have Montreal playing quintessential the kind of hockey they need to play exactly and on the flip side you have for the vegas golden knights they haven't really found their stride even having good games in this in this series the scoring has not been there and and the big names have not been on the score sheet at the end of the night
0: no they, and they haven't been around the net nearly enough um it, it's hard to get there um even harder to stay there um and even what, what's really been missing is that whole pucks and people to the paint at the same time yeah you know and and the, the hardest thing for a defenseman, especially they are going with really four defensemen, mm-hmm. um, big, strong guys. but if you get them turned looking for rebounds and where's my guy? we haven't uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights we haven't done that nearly no. enough. And, and which
1: is why the Nick overtime goal in game four stands out so much it, because it stands out from the rest of the offensive opportunity.
0: And, and that's how you have to you have to play in it sounds they're e, the, the way they're set up, they can keep you to the perimeter because they're big and they're physical and they push to the outside. But once you get to the inside and you're playing in small spaces, you should be able to be quicker. And once you've established some, some territory, now you have a position close to the goal to make a play. It stands out because there hasn't been nearly enough of that. Well, Pete DeBoer, postgame last night, discussed a little bit about the scoring troubles
1: his team has undergone and how to try to find some answers for it.
2: Well, I mean, we, we've, we've got to find a way. You know, we, we, you, you got to find a way this time of year against the uh, good teams and against pressure and against attention and, you know, against a good goalie. You got to find a way. Those are the teams that uh, that end up standing at the end of the day. So, um, you know, they're, they're a good team. They're doing some good things, but, you know, we, we've got to find uh, some answers and you know, the good news is we're still alive. We've got to go and win a game and get this back to game seven. We've, we've faced adversity before in the playoffs. We've faced elimination before and and responded. So um, I know we're going to be better Forget than we were 10. tonight.
1: And that was Pete DeBoer. And, you know, we talk about the uh, – you mentioned, Darren, the, the trouble of getting to the middle and creating that chaos in front. There's been some frustration we've heard from the fan base about the uh, the lack of success on the power play and the two things kind of go hand in hand pucks to the front and traffic you know the, the why is the power play struggling well we're kind of seeing on 5 on 5 why the power play is struggling it it's, it it feeds
0: both sides and it not just in you know stylistically it's also confidence wise right we we've all been around this game long enough the the star players the guys who are on the power play they feed off Feeling good about their game. And lots of times, even if you're not scoring on the power play, if you're generating, that carries over to five on five. Yeah. Conversely, struggling, frustration on the power play carries over to five on five. And, and in this instance, really, the remedy is, is pretty obvious, not as easy to, to do it, obviously, but it's obvious that just getting pucks there with people, with a purpose, at the paint, at the same time. Just put it there, but the other guys have to be going there and getting yeah. there. That's what has to happen uh, all night in game six.
1: This is a little less analytic and a little bit more <laughs> intangible, but you know, I, I think to myself, every playoff run you can think of, very rarely is it just a two-month run of perfect X's and no. O's. And you know, Eventually, it does come down to someone did something special and right now you can say that for the Vegas Golden Knights their best players have not been their most productive players you know, no. the, the the guys who you at the start of the series is hey if A B and C are on the score sheet every night we're going to be in, in we're gonna be sitting pretty well they haven't been right and how much for game six then is also just a a matter of for certain individuals is hey you got to be the difference maker it's it's not get pucks in deep or get them in the front. that's part of it but it's also just gonna be like hey you need to be the best player on the ice tonight and just just exactly. making it
0: happen. So so I look at like a guy like Jonathan so wanted to be a difference maker last night. Played pretty well, I thought. Had 10 shot attempts. Yeah. Five got blocked. Two, they missed the net, and three hit the net. But he airmailed from the slot at least three times. Mm-hmm. Maybe they counted that as a block somewhere. But Right. I, but, but again, it's like, why is that? He was in prime scoring position. Is he trying to be too fine on Carey Price, or are we getting a little bit like skittish in that area? Because, squeezing the stick a bit. Uh, just a little bit because we know that the pressure's been coming throughout this series immediately, and you're, you're not r- relaxed in that situation. Um, not going to be any more relaxed, but you have to be confident that you know what to do. Um, the other guys, the top guys, like uh, Mark Stone, you know, last night, he he hasn't been a factor in the series. Last night, again, one shot on goal, two misses. Patch already kind of the same kind of numbers.
1: Yeah, and perhaps pressing a little bit now as well as, as the frustration sets in.
0: Right, and not getting to the
1: spots where they've been successful um, before. Well, Pete DeBoer touched on that as well last night about the uh, the improvements he's looking for from his top line.
2: Uh, you know, I, I think that's, uh, we're searching for those answers. That, that's our job to try and turn over every stone here. Um, is there some X and O answers? I'm sure there's some things we can talk about and do a little bit differently. Uh, the the moments in this series where we've had success, there's no doubt we're we're doing certain things, uh, but we're not doing them for long enough stretches and, and with enough participants uh, every night, so. You know, again, I, I don't have a, a, a clear answer for you other than, um, you know, we, we've been in this type of spot before, we've had adversity before, and we, we've responded the right way every time uh, with this group, so uh, I'm confident uh, we'll be ready to go in game six.
1: Well, Pete DeBoer, again, searching for answers, and we saw in the third period, we we witnessed the search as there was some line shuffling in the the third period, and and Darren, I wonder what you think. I thought one of the effective changes, the elevation of the role of Nick Wah, who I think for the last couple of games has arguably been, you could say, the best forward that Vegas has had.
0: I've been so impressed uh, with Nick Wah's play. In the the postseason, um, particularly in this series, but overall, uh, I, I didn't yeah, during the regular season, uh, he's not fleet of foot, but you could see his hockey IQ, as they call it. He, he, he thinks the game pretty well. Does he get there enough? He didn't really have a great season production-wise. He's having a, a, a kind of a difference-making postseason. Um, and, again, I thought, uh, as you did, he might have been the most effective, consistently effective uh, participant, as the coach <laughs> liked, uh, put it in, in his soundbite there. Of anybody uh, last night,
1: and there's simplicity, and there's just straight line hockey, and that that's been effective. And, and as we talked about a little bit before the show, getting to the middle, which has just been one of the the struggles, has just been so much perimeter play, and it's not by accident. It's Montreal's forcing it <laughs> to be a perimeter game. But but Nick Waugh's done a very good job of of getting to the middle and staying in the middle uh, against a goaltender and Carey Price, where you got to. And Darren Millard mentioned this in the post game a bit last night. You got to acknowledge. He hasn't had a game where you thought somewhere in this series he'd make 49 saves and say, "All right, well, hats off to Carey; they get that one." He hasn't had to be that guy yet. They've won games with him being good, fine, but not being asked to be more than that.
0: Hasn't had to be the difference maker. Had to just do his job. Yeah. Uh, with you know, so that's that's also the scary part because you hope that doesn't happen. You know, you, you get more participants and you get the shots on goal and you get the people there and you get all, and and Carey Price has one of those games. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's possible Uh, you put yourself in that position, unfortunately. But, um, again, he has been beaten from distance in this series a few times. So, Mm -hmm. so to me, it's the the other way. It's like, well, look, if we shoot more and not be so fine with it and have people going to the net – we might actually get what we're we're looking for.
1: We saw it, and we'll talk to Dave Gosher more about this later on the show, but we certainly saw it in in Game 5 Tampa and the Islanders. You know, not every shot's a bar down shot. There are more pucks that go in off shin guards in the playoffs than any other time of year, so maybe that's (laughs) what you look for. Well, Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This 28,000-acre cattle ranch has something for everyone. A world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky, Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. Visit rockcreekcattlecompany.com. That's rockcreekcattlecompany.com for more information. We will hop out when we come back. More analysis of Game 5 and some prep for Game 6, as the VGK will need a win at Bell Center tomorrow night. He's Darren Elliott. I'm Brian McCormick. Back in just a moment with you on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, Golden Knights fans, VGK Authentics is the official home for all game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise. From game-used pucks and game-worn jerseys to much more, owning a piece of your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check out all the great items on VGK Authentics by visiting vegasteamstore.com, vegasteamstore.com. Dot com brian mccormick darren elliott here with you on nighttime at noon dave gosher will join us in our next segment to talk a little bit about the lightning islanders series that's heading into game six uh, dakota miller is standing by waiting for your questions he's very eagerly waiting at uh, hashtag nighttime at noon darren we should op- we have to open uh, dakota's microphone more often because when you leave him to his own device he is sometimes fascinating last <laughs> do you know what a uh, what a, a hydro flask is
0: a hydro flask. I imagine uh, you might. I, I I don't per se, but I can guess hydro water.
1: There you go. It's, it's, it's kind of like a uh, like a bulky canteen of sort yeah. of a Yeti. Or, ma- yeah, 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 something cool. like that. Okay. And last night we were talking about it at the game, and for some reason Dakota decided the best thing to put in them was ice cream. <laughs> he said, it's perfect. Like, oh, yeah, for, for water or for Gatorade. So like, no, 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 you go on a hike, and when you're done, you get to the top of the mountain. and What do you want more than anything else? Ice cream. Of course so that's you do. Dakota. Did you come? Was that just your initial idea, or is that trial and error? Have you been playing a whole bunch of things in there? I think I saw that on social media. I I don't think I could take credit for the idea, but I do highly suggest it. Okay, can't so knock it before you try it. When I go on a hike, that's what I want to do immediately: is erase the hike with the ice cream. Usually, <laughs> I just <laughs> usually do the ice cream and skip the hike, but. Anyway, if anyone needs something for their Hydro Flask for Game 6, there's your recommendation. There well, Game 6 around the corner, Game 5 in the rearview mirror, and for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, again, it was a bit of a frustrating outing, a 4-1 loss to the uh, Montreal Canadiens. We, we talked about, uh, you know, you need individuals to have special performances in the playoff to, to turn the tide. Uh, I'm an East Coast guy, so as silly as it sounds, what I was thinking about last night kind of was uh, going way back, date myself a little bit, but you look at, like, the Rangers-Devils in '94. When it was a 3-2 series and the Rangers were very much on the ropes and then Marc Messier went out and did Marc Messier things. Sometimes it's helpful to have your stars be your stars and and that can certainly be a a swing
0: factor. Didn't he, uh, that's where he made the... The guarantee. The guarantee. That's right. They went out with the hat trick, I believe. Yes. Not that anyone
1: needs to make a guarantee for no. tomorrow, but the point is it, it's good when your best players are your best players when you need them to be most of all. Uh, on the flip side for Montreal, we've talked a lot about the, the depth of, you know, uh, Eric Stahl had a goal last night. Yeah. Corey Perry's been very good. But but their young players, Kakaniami, Caulfield, and Nick Suzuki, have yeah. had very good series.
0: They really have. It's been the infusion they've needed uh, uh, of both – it's a little exuberance that's fine, but they've been producing yeah with that it's even better. <laughs> so they've got the young legs um, it's it's meshed nicely um, it, it's it's one of those things it, you know you bring in the right personalities which the, the Vegas Golden Knights have done a good job with that as well mm-hmm. but but you can see that the young players want to be led by the veterans they're not they're not doing this thing. got it, old man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take it from here no it, it's been a collective effort and and it shows that that uh, mark bergevin did a good job bringing in the right kind of veterans because you can you can bring in veterans but if they're going to uh kind of pout and, and and keep the the young guys at beta for their own ice time it, it's the wrong move that hasn't been the case at all well on the vegas side one of the veterans who has been leading the way has
1: been productive and is trying to get the thing back on the right track is uh Alex Petrangelo, who spoke last night a little bit about the uh, the rough execution his team has had. I think it's mostly execution. I mean, there's plays there that we got to make. I mean, this time of the year, too, you're not going to get a fresh sheet of ice with the way the temperatures are. Um, uh, you know, it's not easy to play. I mean, they missed uh, some passes, too. I think it's something that we got to be a little more patient with. Uh, certainly understand when there's a chance to to make a clean play and understand when there's not. So, it's on us. It's a little bit in the ice, a little bit what they're doing. Um, something that we certainly can, can talk the about ice. and look at. And that was Alex Petrangelo. And, you know, what I hear from that is you mentioned uh, ice conditions to some point, too. which Didn't know they were so bad in Montreal because but... <laughs> they get great <laughs> ratings here. <laughs> well, but I think what part of it comes to, and what I noticed a bit last night, too, is, you know, for, for Vegas, the puck's not going in. But they do have the puck most of the night. Montreal does – kind oh, yeah. of sit back and, and, and let you come at them. So many of the opportunities for, for Vegas, there are so many crossing passes in tight to the net, which is all well and good. You're looking for backdoor feeds. Right. But it's not always going to be there. And there's there's something about throwing a puck into space and letting Alex Tuck skate into it, which is effective, or throwing the puck into space in a crowd of four bodies where it just goes through to the corner and it's not effective. And a lot of their rushes seem to end that way.
0: It's uh, The old saying is check to a standstill. It, it, it's it's a cliche, but we're witnessing it. Yeah. Because the speed goes out of Vegas's game when they've lost in this series because Montreal is right there. Each Like you said, they're sitting back. The puck goes to a certain space. Then they're quick to that space. Yes. What happens with the puck is kind of irrelevant for them until it gets back. Look how back, far back their defense plays. They do that. You know those over, overhead flippers, the million-dollar flipper? The hoists. <laughs> <laughs> Zero effectiveness because they've always got, you know, it's like playing a nickel package yeah. in, in football. They've, they've, got, they've got free safeties. They've <laughs> got free safeties way back there. And, and you're not going over the top. And if you're going to give it up, we're big and we'll we'll battle you down in the corner. They're, they're almost daring you to shoot it in. Yeah. And we've been loath to do that. We're going to have to do that more, I think, um, and just kind of wear them because they, they're big, strong physical def- defensemen they have, led by Shea Weber but they're playing four yeah. predominantly. Predominantly. Make them play defense. Make them turn and go get it all night long.
1: And that's so interesting because it, it raises the question, when you look at the way Montreal has scored most of their goals in this series, it's been sit back and wait, sit back, almost Lamorello-esque, right. and when, when you make a mistake, boom. So how do you – when you have a team that isn't going outside of themselves right. to create – they're not going to give you odd man rushes. You're going to have to beat them on, on messy goals. Mm-hmm. So, what do you change? Because you say, like, all right, well, they're just going to sit back and let's just run it down their throat. But that's kind of what they already want you to do. Well, so,
0: what's the, the equation? W- w- the equation is that the, the stretch isn't there. Yeah. You know, the, the, Vegas, I call it the lacrosse play. They, they play that pass to the button um, an awful lot and give it to the guy with speed coming down the wings. That play is not there. That's been proven. Over the top. The million-dollar flipper, not there. So what's le- carrying it across the blue line? You're you're enveloped. Problem is, if you don't shoot the puck in or dump it in or or put it to a spot to create for your guys with with speed at the right time, mm-hmm. you are checked to a standstill. Yeah, because the guy with the puck now is given up and he's not part of the equation anymore. If you give it up earlier, the other guys know, and he keeps his speed up. That's different, and that's. It's just where and when you shoot the puck, where you shoot it from, and with what purpose. Is that
1: one? I almost wonder, like, what would the Sedin twins do, right? You do that right. th- That calculated slingshot dump-in that's a, an organized pass. That's almost the kind of thing you wonder. Alex Tuck has the
0: speed to pull something like that off. Exactly, and that's, that's from a distance, and you can do that. That's kind of a novelty play, but, but over time, it's like, okay, are we going to put it hard rims all the time? Are we going to put it cross corners softer? Whereas chipped and chased from that standpoint, everybody has to know what you're doing yeah. to be able to get the puck back. That's that's gonna be the hard part. There's the battle. You're in those battles anyway, because of the because you're being stopped trying to do what isn't working. Yeah. So you might as well try something, Okay, you want us to do this? then be better
1: at it. Yeah, and if you're Montreal on that standpoint, then you're not staying at the blue line, you're staying at the tops of the circles. It, exactly. It, it's a little bit deeper. That's, exactly. Well, one one other conversation we're hearing a little bit, uh, not surprisingly, is, is in net. And the good oh, yeah. thing for the Golden Knights is that it's not a controversy because they've gotten great play from Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Laird. The difference for Game 6 Again, presuming both do what they've been doing, it's not that's not a, a problem to be corrected. It's just a decision that Pete DeBoer has that he can make.
0: Oh, and it's, it is. it is is one that he can make, one that he has made. Um, it it it's good conversation because you don't see it very often where a coach will treat the goaltending position like any other position. Like it's like moving in a, a seventh defenseman uh, to you know for a game and you get something out of them. Um, good for you okay you're back in the press (laughs) box and that or you're back on the bench this game is the case of the backup you don't see that very often in our sport not that it shouldn't be or isn't moving or trending in that direction you just have two world-class goaltenders right and uh robin leonard tremendous performance i mean years ago if you went in and played like that you don't come out until you fail yeah and uh that wasn't the case and it had nothing to do with goaltending last night, why they lost. We know why they're losing this series. We've been talking about it. The forwards haven't been able to consistently generate enough offense to score enough goals. How much of an
1: impact can it have? Like, Robin Leonard came in in game four. They got the win in game four. But it wasn't Didn't because... play well. No, and that's that's exactly it. So it was, they won because Robin Leonard was fantastic, oh, but it, it didn't necessarily give them... The spark and the jump to oh, to right. elevate things, and and frankly, they lost Game Three, where it might have been their best game of the series. Anyway, that's just the way it rolls sometimes. Right? Does inserting Robin Leonard, if they decide decide to do that for Game Six, that doesn't necessarily have a correlation in that they go out and score five goals. It doesn't necessarily light no. the fire.
0: No, and, and either again, I think it's 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 somewhat irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get a level of goaltending that's that you would expect from from either Mark Andre Fleury or robin Leonard it's going to be top class yeah right so that's take that that's not it's it's interesting to talk about um and for people to follow who's the first one off the ice and all those kinds of things that uh, go into those early predictions um but it's it's not the difference whether they bring it back for game seven and perhaps
1: You know, we're having trouble scoring goals, but let's have a conversation about which 93 save percentage we want to go with. Maybe that's a good conversation to be having (laughs) going to Game 6. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights need to figure some things out for Game 6. They're not the only team in that position. The New York Islanders are facing elimination at Nassau Coliseum tonight, possibly the last game in Coliseum history. And we have a man on the scene in Dave Gosher. He will join us on the other side of the break to talk through that series. Uh, and uh, what could, again, be the the last game uh, in Nassau Coliseum. So we'll talk to Dave Gosher when we come back. Darren Elliott, Brian McCormick here with you. Nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Well, fans, for exclusive Vegas Golden Knights gear, visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team store locations. The Armory is located at T-Mobile Arena. The Arsenal is located at C-National Arena, or you can always hop onto vegasteamstore.com, vegasteamstore.com. Along with Darren Elliott, I'm Brian McCormick. This is nighttime at noon, and the Vegas Golden Knights preparing for Game 6 tomorrow night at Bell Center. Game 6 tonight at Nassau Coliseum between the New York Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning. Deserves some scrutiny as well, and to do that, we go to our man in the field. Dave Gosher is on Long Island, and Dave, thanks for taking some time this afternoon.
3: What about the East Coast correspondent? That that's exactly what you call it.
1: <laughs> you wear many hats.
3: Makes as much sense as anything, that's fine. Hey, how you doing, guys?
1: Doing great, Dave. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, you're you're enjoying a, an action-packed series out east as well, as I'm sure you're keeping tabs on the VGK out west. Um, going into Game 6, for the New York Islanders are coming off an 8 nothing loss in Game 5. Now, of course, that's not indicative of what their, uh, their defensive resume typically is, so I wonder, going into this game, do the Islanders, are they having more of a conversation of, we need to figure ourselves out, and uh, you know, rectify some things? Are they throwing the tape away altogether? Or is there perhaps fear that they've maybe awoken some of the offensive weapons on the Tampa side that had not yet contributed?
3: Yeah, my guess is, Brian, that it's probably throw the tape out. You know, I'm doing uh, fortunate enough to be doing the games out here with Dave Maloney, uh, the uh, color voice, uh, color uh, radio voice of, uh, of the New York Rangers. And I asked him that question, like, you know, once it got to six or seven nothing the other night, I said, you know, if you're Barry Trotz, how do you handle this? Do you correct what needs to be corrected do you throw the tape out and he said at this point it's not worth belaboring it just just flush it and that's kind of been the i think the talk coming out of the islander side of things the last couple of days is basically it was out of character for them and it, and it is i mean they, they hadn't given up eight goals all season be it regular season playoffs whatever it might be so i think for them the two areas I've heard the most about the last couple of days was was stay out of the box and limit the turnovers, and they were not great in any of those areas. In Game Five the other night, you know they gave you know they gave the Tampa Bay Lightning six power plays, and with that much talent, eventually you know you're going to pay the price. They ended up scoring three power play goals, and and obviously uh, you know the major penalty to Matt Barzell, he gets kicked out of the game too. So yeah, yeah I think from the Islander standpoint, it's just um, flush it quickly, reset quickly, and and hopefully uh, use, you know, we're lucky enough, guys, to be around the, the crazy atmosphere of the, of the arena, but, you know, it's it's a, a kind of a smaller version of that. It's not the fortress, I'm not saying yeah. that, but, you know, this atmosphere of the Coliseum has been, been pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah,
1: when, when Ryan Pollock has the block at the end of game four, but then he's a dash four in game five, maybe there's not a whole
3: lot to learn from that tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, it's funny, you, you know, you that game the other night, you know the, the game four. I mean, the Islanders seem to have it in control, and it just shows you how quickly the, the lightning can 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 strike. Literally, right? They score a couple <laughs> of goals in the first seven minutes of the third period. They get called. Victor Heaven gets called for a penalty, which I thought was kind of iffy at best, late to give the Islanders a power play with a one goal lead. Doesn't look like anything's happening, and all of a sudden Ryan Pulock's going to make a save on Ryan McDonough late. So <laughs> and yeah, and how quickly it changes where Pulock is. Uh, he goes uh, four under in, in game five, but. You know, John Cooper said after the game the other night, Brian, it's, not, it's one win. It's not how much you win by. You know, you don't get bonus points. And, you know, we've seen that with the VGK. I mean, they got blown out in game one against Colorado um, and still managed to find a way to win that series. So, yeah, I would expect, you know, the Islanders will be much improved tonight.
0: What about Tampa, Dave? This is Darren. Uh, what, what, what makes them go? They're the defending Stanley Cup champs, and they, they seem to be finding, uh, finding their game. Yeah, D, I think,
3: you know, it's and, and you look you watch these games, at least, you know, we do out west from afar to a degree. Right. And and uh, you just look, I mean, Braden Point drives the bus for them. You know, he's been he's been fantastic the entire playoff, but he's you know, he's taken it to another level here. He scored in every goal in this uh every game in this series. He's got thirteen goals now in the playoffs to lead the league. He led the league last year. Uh Nikita Kucherov, I thought there were times in this series where you know, you didn't notice him, as, notice him as much, maybe some turnovers, but then he's got the ability when the game's on the line. You know, he was the guy that made that pass to Ryan McDonough for the chance to tie it late in game four. Um, the, the thing that had been a little bit surprising, and we touched on it the other night, was, you know, kind of their second line of, of Anthony Sorelli, Alex Galorn, and Steven Stamkos, but maybe more specifically Stamkos, had been quiet. Um, they did not have a point five on five. And then that all changed with you know with what happened in Game Five. Stamkos got on the board right away, and um, you know, and led to, to them scoring eight that night. So, and I, I think in net, you know, Andre Vasilevsky's been been excellent when called upon. Um, you know, it's worth noting in clinching games, the last three times the Lightning have closed out a series, he's pitched the shutout. Right, he shut out Dallas to win the Cup. He shut out uh, Carolina uh, this year in round uh, one. I uh, beg your pardon, no, Pittsburgh in round one to clinch the series. And then, you know, clinches a series against uh, their last series against Carolina, Florida, and Carolina. So he's been dynamite, too. Um, and they're battle tested, right, D? I mean, they've been down this road before, yeah. you know. And I've heard a lot from them in this series. You defend your way to a championship, you don't score your way to a championship. And I think that, you know, John Cooper talked about it that the tipping point for them was two years ago, you know, when they got yeah. beat by Columbus, swept, and. You know, he said it wasn't good enough for us to win games two to one. We wanted to win games eight to one. And, you know, and they learned a hard lesson. But here they are again uh, tonight. You know, one win away from going back to the Cup final.
0: But that was quite a message, though. Uh, game five um, at home, they they, they delivered a, a championship message. It, it looked like it ain't nothing. It, it got away a little bit, but it they came out with a sense of purpose. And, anyway.
1: and after that, Barzell cross check almost they, they ran it up a little bit yeah. too.
3: yeah, they did. Yeah, you know, and that was the thing, guys, that, you know, and that, I, I think for the islander side of it, you know, Barzell was pretty quiet, and, I mean, he wasn't alone. They, none of them really had much of an impact, but he was pretty quiet, you know, played right. less than 11 minutes, and you could kind of see the frustration boil. And um, You know, what, one of the things we kind of took a look at is earlier in that shift, uh, John Ruta was really kind of working over J.G. Pajot in front of Tampa's net, and I think Barzell saw that. So he's he's annoyed in general with how the game's going. And then they kind of make their way back towards the benches and, you know, just kind of lost it there temporarily. But, you know, luckily for him and for them, he's going to be able to play tonight and, you know, just got uh, just got the $5,000 fine yesterday.
1: Talking to Dave Gosher, the television voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, and this week the national radio voice for Islanders' Tampa Bay Lightning semifinal series, Dave We've talked about Braden Point, again, the numbers speak for themselves, but what's so fascinating to me is, is that, he, again, he's not a secret. Everyone knows how dangerous he is. So much of his offense comes from the hash marks in from the front of the net, or the, the bumper spot on the power play, what have you. Um, against a team like the Islanders that are so prided on not giving up opportunities in front, how is it that Braden Point uh, is finding a way to, to lose himself in the weeds and, and find himself open?
3: Yeah, I guess the best way I would describe it, Brian, is, yeah, he does get lost in the weeds, but he's also not afraid to go to the net. You know, it, he's, he's not the biggest guy. You know, if you look at him, he's not the size of Stamkos. He's not the size of some other, you know, other bigger names in these lineups. But I, I think it's just for him, it's a matter of will. You know, he's, he's determined. He, and he'll go, he'll go to the dirty areas, not even just the front of the net. He's not one of these guys that plays on the perimeter and, and just waits for the puck to come to him he's determined to go and get the puck. And um, I think that's something that I've kind of been impressed with too. But, you know, we talk a lot, and rightly so, about – and look, I I understand, you know, what's going on back there, and it's been a struggle for for the Golden Knights' best players. And most most specifically, I was going to make the point about Mark Stone, you know, that Pete DeVore talks a lot about in big moments. You see Mark Stone in the middle of a lot of them for the Golden Knights, you know, the last – you know, this series notwithstanding. Tampa Bay says the same thing about Braden Point. You know, it's – you know, much different players, much different size. But um, you know, when you when you look back the last two years now, um, you know he's been the big moments for them. Remember that what was it four or five overtime game they played against Columbus in the bubble last yeah. year. He had the overtime winner, right? He scored to win that game, and he scored an overtime to win the series. You know, and he's he's just one of those special guys that seems to come up big when you, when you need a big uh, a big moment in a game.
0: Is part of the uh, experience on Long Island still walking from the Marriott to, to the rink? <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: That's an this, no, it's an experience.
0: It's an experience. Yeah,
3: I'll tell you this. I, I'm not. I'm not the dumbest guy on earth. I might be in the running for it, but I'm not the dumbest. So when this opportunity came up, I said, "Guys, I you know uh, the only request I have is uh, there's a hotel called the Garden City Hotel, and you D, you've been there, yeah, right? Uh-huh. You know." Kind of away from it's only ten minutes to Nassau Coliseum, right. but uh, you know it's a great neighborhood, great little village of restaurants, <laughs> a pub. You know there's there's options. So I stuff
0: to yeah, do. Please,
3: please, <laughs> please, please, will be over there. So they've been nice enough that uh, people at Sports USA to do that. So oh, you missed yeah, you I missed
0: did, uh, you missed out all the cultural uh, happenings between the Marriott. And the rink, when people are tailgating, grilling it. they're grilling, they're, they're asking <laughs> you for your autograph, right. even though they don't know who you are, they're giving you oh, God. <laughs>
3: it is a Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a beautiful, you know, it's probably 80 degrees here. It's beautiful here today. Oh, that's outstanding. And like, the you, you the dead of winter, to make that walk, oh. it, it, and it's 12 <laughs> degrees out, you feel like you're in uh, Siberia or something. Oh, you know, so. Funny. I just—that was the only. I don't need much, but I said please put me over at Garden City, and they did. Thanks.
1: Well, Dave, for that point, you mentioned you're working with with Dave Maloney, who uh, longtime Ranger and therefore spent a lot of time at Nassau Coliseum. Maybe a, a handful of games in the '80s he'd like to forget, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, he's got to be a great partner to, to ride shotgun to you for what very well could be the last game at Nassau Coliseum. Now, there's a few broadcasters over the last few years who thought that they called the last game at Nassau Coliseum. It looks, true. Like, it looks like tonight might, if, if, if it goes Tampa's way, might be it. Um, are you, can you get a sense of the, uh, the, the sentimentality? Is there a, a certain energy at the Coliseum for this series?
3: Oh, for sure, Brian. Well, first off, it's nice to finally be able to work with a real partner. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, it's that's, just another that's
0: hard-nosed been, defenseman, isn't it? You that's have, been a treat. Yeah, from one defenseman <laughs> to another. You're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> but,
3: yeah, exactly. So, no, it's uh, yeah. I don't think there's any question about it. You know, look, they they've um, you know I, having done games before they renovated the Coliseum a few years ago. I think we all realized it was in need of some dramatic improvements. Barclays didn't work out in Brooklyn, obviously. No. But yeah, the. the you know, sure. I'm, I, I think they're obviously everyone kind of around here is hoping this isn't it tonight. Um, but you make a good point, Brian. They thought it was it a few years ago, and it uh, <laughs> was it in the Godfather. Just when I think about, they dragged me they back, they me so, back in. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but I think I think this is really it, whether it's tonight or in the in the Cup final. Um, but yeah, it's um, it reminds me a little bit of like a European soccer crowd. Like they've got these chants, and Barry Trotz will walk from that. Corner entrance onto the ice along the boards to get to the bench oh. to start the game, and they're just chanting Barry, Barry, <laughs> Barry. It's it's nuts. That's, They've had some of the New York Jets here. The Dan Beanie oh. guy is shotgunning beers and <laughs> crushing the can on the side of his
0: head, and it's it's, yeah. uh, it's the, the it's coach walking funny. on the ice. <laughs> the coach, The coach walking on the ice to have access to the bench alone is like it's such a yeah. I, throwback. Oh, it's such <laughs> a throwback. Just that vision right there. <laughs> You don't
3: really have to do that anymore. You know? No, exactly what, what they do here, you know. But uh, yeah, it's been you know it's just been a lot of fun to be a part of it. They're at almost um, they're about a thousand shy of capacity. So I think capacity is fourteen thousand. They're they're a touch under thirteen. But uh, yeah, it's just been and I'll tell you when they you know when they won Game Four there the way they did at the end the place was yeah. just, uh, it was crazy. So uh, I'm sure it'll be a similar atmosphere tonight.
1: Well, Dave, I'm sure you're watching every other night. You're keeping an eye on the VGK series too. I'd be remiss if I didn't get your thoughts on uh, on how this series is playing out.
3: Frustrating, right? That's that's the word that comes to mind. I, I just, uh, yeah, you know, and whether it's been in Tampa on the off night or here on Long Island, I make a point to park myself and uh, turn down the TV and turn up the radio and listen to Dan and Gary. And um, it, it's been, it's just been, it, it's been tough to watch at times, guys. And I think it's, I'm sure it's been the same for you guys where. You know the big guys that have carried so much of the offense um, all season, and in the first couple of rounds, it's just it's disappeared on them. And I, you know, you hope And if you think about it, it's to be down three to two in the series without. You know, I know Patrick already broke through last night, but we all know some of the other guys who have yet to be heard from. Um, You know, the fact they're three two, maybe that's you know a blessing in disguise. They've got to this point in the series, and you hope. Well, look. If if that doesn't change soon, then you know obviously it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But you know the fact is they're still, you know only down three two and and came found a way to win, win a big winning game four, pick up a big win in game four in Montreal, and hopefully they can force it back to the fortress. But yeah, it's just uh, it's been frustrating to watch, and I you know it does kind of remind me a little bit of when they got to the third round last year against Dallas and the goals dried up. And hopefully they've got time here to. You know, to, to change the narrative, but it's uh, yeah. I it's, mean, it's, you kind of shake your head a little bit for sure.
1: Well, we're hoping for Game Sevens all around, just to keep the fun going throughout the week on on your end as well, out east. But uh, Dave Gosher, thanks so much for joining us and for getting us tuned into that series. And you've got a few hours before puck drops, so if you run over to All American on Merrick Road as a native Long Islander, I've got to recommend <laughs> uh, All American Burger Shack. That's where you got to get to.
3: So if I mention your name, do I get a discount, or do they charge me double?
1: They'll say, who's that? So <laughs> <laughs> They I know might absolutely. know my dad more than me, deal. but give it a shot.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. All right, guys. Great All right, take care, Dave.
1: Dave Gosher joining us from uh, Long Island, where he's getting ready for Game 6 Lightning and Islanders. That will be on the air this evening. We'll stop aside. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on a Wednesday edition of Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick, Darren Elliott here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions world class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the Society, you will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting Foley Food and Wine That's Foley Food and Wine Great hearing from Dave Gosher as he prepares for Game Six of the Islander Lightning series. It's going to be on at 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. You know, I, I laugh when he said they're chanting Barry Trotz's name when he walks to the bench. That's not that the Islanders play a trap, but they play a very, very defensive style of hockey, and they've somehow found a way to market that to be popular. Like, imagine they weren't chanting Robbie Fatorik's name in New Jersey in the
0: 90s. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you how what, what the marketing plan is. You win six playoff series. That'll do it. In the last couple of years. that that That's the marketing strategy. Winning hockey. Jacques Lemaire. Jacques <laughs> Lemaire. Didn't happen. Well, <laughs> so
1: that'll be a fun uh, game to watch tonight and to, to whet everyone's appetite for uh, the big game six tomorrow at Bell Center for the VGK. There is a watch party tomorrow at Las Ooh. Vegas Ballpark for game six. Okay. Uh, I believe that's going to kick off at, at 5 p.m., uh, which would mean puck right drop. at puck drop okay. for – uh, game six, and uh, a fun atmosphere. Oh, absolutely. That's fun. One of the things I, I love against my first uh, spring in Vegas, so I'm, I'm loving most things, but uh, I, I love the the variance of the watch parties. They don't do the same trick
0: twice. No. There's a
1: lot of different uh, environments to, to watch a road playoff game.
0: And lots of people want to host them. That, that's how popular the team is. Um, it, it is a community team, and, it, and it's been like that since uh, since day one. It's been really cool to, to come into the market and, and, and witness that something interesting i wonder your thoughts on it uh darren
1: millard mentioned uh, last night when i was talking to him, i think he mentioned the post game show too the travel situation now we talked a lot about the elevation in the colorado series because you can't play any team in any sport from colorado and not talk about elevation here for the vgk going out east again their body clocks are going to be on a different time now montreal's doing the same travel of course but They've also been doing it all year. They're one of the very few teams in the NHL that has played in all time zones going to Vancouver and Calgary because of the way that North Division was set up. Right. Is there anything to consider going there for Game 6 or back for Game 7? If you think about it, even though they had a 48-hour window to, to recuperate, last night for the Vegas Gold Knights, they were kind of playing on, on 9 p.m. body
0: clocks. I wonder if that's in any way a factor. Well, the old start on time mantra, uh, regardless of what time zone yeah. you sometimes it is hard to get the body and mind aligned. That better be tomorrow night yeah. um, and, and for Game 7. Um, I, I don't know enough about the, the physiology other than I know that the guys who take care of that kind of stuff for the Vegas Golden Knights, so Jay Millett and his staff, they know how to get the guys best prepared to be at their best. Um, that will be there. Um, it's just a matter to me, really – um, you know, going back to 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 what we heard from you know from Petrangelo, um, it's execution. Yeah, it just is. What whatever you go into the game wanting to do, can you get it done? For, and as the coach said, Pete DeBoer, for longer stretches, um, it just hasn't been there so far.
1: Looking at how they played in Game Three in Montreal, where probably had their best start. Game Four, they relied much more he- heavily on Robin Leonard. How? How difficult is it? It doesn't sound like such a silly, rudimentary question, but how difficult is it to have a good start? Like you know, your backs are against the wall for Game Six. You imagine they have to come out on fire.
0: Well, you would think, right? Do you or do you come out tentative? Like, yeah, you, you know. And, and does Montreal do they come out like we have to seize the moment? We can we can end this series and go to the Stanley Cup Final, or or is that you know, the the specter of that enough to collectively maybe back them off for a moment that allows? Those are the dynamics that that play out initially, and then that gets down to execution. Who gets down to brass tacks right away the soonest and can sustain it the longest? I know we've talked about a bunch of players today,
1: and yeah. we've covered it pretty blanketly, but is there anyone in particular for Game 6 that you look
0: to to, to have a step-up kind of performance? Again, you have to have your best player. Yeah. Uh, you know, To me, it, Mark Stone ha- has to be relevant, and he hasn't been in this series. And I think he needs to be. And if he is, um, I think good things will happen for the Golden Knights. Yeah. And uh, I,
1: I, I also – I'm going to be very interested in what we talked about, if, if there's more of a dump and play, a dump and chase component, because it, it certainly has been a, a Montreal team has done a very good job of, of dictating flow.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, everybody talks about like, – like the Islanders dump the puck in – more than anybody else, but that term is, is actually obsolete because you don't dump the puck in like we used to, right? right? Dump it in and, and hope to get it back. It's all strategic now. You chip and chase. Is it short side? Is it long side, cross corner, rim? All those things now are, are plays to get it, get the puck back. Um, so when you look at how successful the Islanders have been the last couple of seasons, there is a way to play that kind of game and generate offense because they score an awful lot. And uh, I think the, the the it gets you engaged as well as, as, as a four. You're going to have to skate. There's no way you can play in the perimeter if the focus is go get the puck. There's more emphasis on that on that chase. And
1: to that point, too, if we look at the uh, the heat chart tomorrow for opportunities, if we see a lot more dots between the circles, we're going to know right. that the Vegas Golden Knights figured out what they needed to figure out.
0: Exactly, and especially if there's uh, some second chances. And very few first chances, never mind second chances. Well, how is Darren
1: Elliott watching Game Six? What's the plan? Are you a a watch party type? or Are you a lock yourself I, in the room I, and be
0: alone type? <laughs> I've uh, I I like to watch the game. The watch parties. I'm I'm probably going to uh, to be over uh, at Lifeguard Arena, and okay. I'll probably watch it over there with uh, with some of the folks. Uh, they'll put it on the, the the screen as well outside in the, in the plaza. So I'm going to be over there tomorrow. We've got uh, some uh, uh, the Junior Golden Knights team's on the ice, so I'm going to be on the ice, and I'm going to be uh, watching
1: the game. There's been a lot of great – I've been over at lifeguard so The team is gone, so in I mean, my wing, it's a, it's oh, a, lonely, right, yeah. it's a lonely hallway. <laughs> but, but there's been a lot of great youth hockey stuff in yeah. my lifeguard, so it's a lot of fun to see. Y-
0: Absolutely. So I'll I'll, I'll be around the rink, and then I'll be uh, around the big screen outside in Henderson.
1: All right. Well, young kids looking to play hockey or looking for information, I'd head over to Lifeguard Arena so Darren Ellie can get you set up. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for us today. Darren, thanks for hanging out this afternoon. Good time, man. Good time. Uh, And you want to tune in tomorrow to start your full day of pregame coverage for Game 6 when Darren Millard and Derek Englund will be in these seats for nighttime at noon. Dakota Miller, thank you for all you do. George Lopez on the other side of the glass, thank you for your work as well. He's Darren Elliott. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks for tuning in to Nighttime at Noon. We'll see you here tomorrow afternoon with Darren and Derek. Stay tuned for the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.